Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa, it brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role as high Compassion, great. Passion, fiction, ultimate goal. Glory, relentless training, pain. Pain. Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another epic episode of The Row Show. Today we have, I want to say a hype train, but it's a little late, so it's kind of like a midweek start of the regatta, um, build the hype for the uh, quarterfinals and semifinals uh, for world champs in Belgrade, Serbia. And as always, it's uh, your host, Lawrence Britton, and obviously Jake is racing there and has got plenty on his plate and on his mind. So today I've pulled in the genius that is my younger brother, James Britton. So um, I'm sure some of you have seen the the data that's been coming out of the row show. We've done a few little packages of, of some really interesting data, and James has been behind all of that. So he has been an incredible addition to the Rosho team. And I didn't think he wanted to do too much hosting, but here he is behind the microphone. So welcome, James. Thanks for giving me some of your time and sharing your thoughts about rowing on the on the Rosho. Thank you very much. I guess it was just my secret plan to get involved. That's it. So James, we've got quite a lot to discuss today because we've got a whole lot of hype building up to the regatta. We've got... And the regatta started, so there's a whole lot more to dig into because we've already seen a lot of the heats, uh, nearly all the heats come down. Um, we still got the eight heats tomorrow, and then it's rapid charges, and then it's semifinals and quarterfinals to to come. So there's a lot to unpack, a lot to to discuss. But I think where we want to start is talking about the qualification positions because that was something building into the regatta that is such an important aspect of. Um, of this world champs. So that's where I want to start. So in our last um, episode, we chatted a little bit about the positions, you know, like the, the eights having five uh, positions, the scholars having nine, uh, most of the other events having 11 places, you know, it's really intense and you can feel already in the heat that people are just going out with the fury, with that qualification, in the back of their mind, the better they do in the early stages of the regatta, the better, they set themselves up mentally and physically for the the racing to come when it really gets to the nail biting and the business end of the the week. So I don't know. What did you think of the the heats and the the start of the regatta? I think it's really clear how how few spots there are, and how, I mean I think there's just more and more entries every time every year, and at the moment just looking at the fact that there's only going to be, for example, seven fours, nine singles going through. I mean I know there's a continental component to that but just the fact that you've got eight heats and only nine um, athletes going through is just it's mind-blowing I mean it's awesome for rowing and I hope that um, it really makes awesome finals and very tight B finals of course which I think we'll get into now but um, it just seems mad that we've got some such high quality athletes out there who are not going to go to the Olympics and then w- when I'm looking at the numbers of like w- what position of the, the what number of crews qualify for the games some of it blows my mind so like the eight I mean don't come last in the A final basically top five can go through but then you got the fours and the 
quads and the lightweight um, doubles at seven crews. So that race in the B final is literally the race of your life to be, to get that gold medal, which is, I mean, that for me, that is the bro- most brutal number of qualification spots. I mean, seven is just so ridiculous. The fact that like gold is the only way in the B final is going to be absolutely insane down the track. And it's going to make the semi-final absolutely crazy because going that extra little bit into the semi to try and make the A final is going to be infinitely easier than trying to get the last spot in the, in the B final when six crews are going for a tooth and nail. Yeah, I mean, I think there you've, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, people who give everything and then don't make the, the A final are going to be struggling in the B even though maybe they were the quicker crew. So it's going to add a whole new dimension there. But also, like, the lightweight doubles are the most competitive events, I think, on the entire rowing calendar. Every year, you guys call it the gladiator event. And the men's du- lightweight men's double we showed was in our data was, like, the tightest qualification. The um, The Irish have only lost one race, I think, this whole... Um, cycle and yet between them and qualification six other crews have done a faster time this year so just on the basis of that which is mind-blowing how um how tight that is it's also in um you know the lightweight women's double the i think it's the italian lightweight doubles in the repechage the olympic Olympic champions champions. (laughs) no it's the the racing i think is like it's for sure getting more and more competitive, closer and tighter all the time. And when you're talking about the data, so uh, what James does, he took all of the rowing races over the uh, the last um so of this year, sorry, not the cycle, the whole just this year, took all the um World Cups and uh, European champs in the build up, and he took the fastest you know twelve times of each race and he put that onto a spreadsheet and we put a line through where that qualification number was ending and then we looked at the percentage or how many seconds behind those those times were and it was really really close and I think it's very predictive of which events are very difficult to qualify in I don't think it's very I don't think we're going to nail the actual crews that are going to qualify I don't think we're going to it's going to be like it'll probably be more like 70% accurate because, you know, those last few spots are going to be fought so tightly and so ferociously for those last few few spots. So I think that the, the, the crews are not going to be exactly the same as our prediction, but I think the times are where the value is, like seeing how close. So when I'm looking at the numbers, lighty men's double, the top seven times have all raced over 99% of the winning time this year. So basically you have to be within three seconds of the winner yeah. um, to to potentially qualify for the, the games. No, I mean, you're going to be uh, across all of those, even the slowest or the, the biggest gap is um, is only a few, is what, eight or nine seconds, I think. What, for the, out of the whole, all the for events? For all the events. No, women's pair has got a bit more. So it's got, because they also have okay. more positions. Yeah. So it's quite interesting because... But I mean, I think just to, to go on to that, like I think it shows how much pressure rowing's under for seats at the Olympics as well. And it's just, a you know, a bit of a 
um, a sign of where our sport is in general, I think, that um, it seems like the Olympic, uh, the IOC is trying to narrow it down, bring take fewer and fewer crews. I don't know if that's true uh, in the actual number of seats there, but it does feel, and I'm sure everyone can agree, that there is a bit of pressure on rowing to you know, be more marketable, be more interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a big people to the. Olympics. It's a big thing that we've been discussing the whole yeah. year is trying to make the make or like trying to like highlight the fact that rowing is not. They're not see. They don't seem to be trying very hard to promote the sport. Except this weekend is. I mean, this week is awesome. All the video, all the racing is videoed from the heats, um, and people have been watching. Like yeah. when we when I log on to watch the racing, other people are watching. You know, you can see the numbers on the screen there. It's probably more than at some of the World Cups throughout the year. So um, I think it's really, really awesome. And they have such good commentary and uh, I mean, such good video. And then I think the video makes the commentary so much better because I can't stand watching the crews come down the track and listening to the commentary because you can't like, you don't get a feel for what is actually happening down the course. As soon as you've got video, there's just so much more action, so much more to watch. And then, you know, Martin and his team always do such a good job. So. I don't know. I think this week is definitely raising the bar for me of what world rowing can do to when they host an event. Hundred percent, and I just just hundred the number of people watching it. There's thousands at any point. Yeah, and that just is going to show. I think for sure. And we're going to try and get Martin on later in the week, maybe just before after the the semifinals, before the finals kick off, um, because that's going to be you know he always gives such good insight into the the racing so i'm very interested to to see how he um how he what he has to say and what he thinks about the the racing over there then the other thing i want to discuss slightly more controversial but i don't know if you with or without the this like athletes this individual neutral athletes these athletes from russia and belarus competing and I feel like it's a bit of a kind of wet position from world rowing. Like they couldn't let them compete as Russia, but they also didn't want to not let them compete. So they've kind of gone for this very soggy middle ground. And for me, it's like taking a, star, a, a stand, but not not taking making a decision. I mean, I think, it's, so from what I've seen is it's about the IOC and their position on this. So I don't know how much world rowing has a say in, in that. Um, it's obviously very controversial. And I'm very divided in like just on the one hand. Um, I think from a, it's also, f- I'm skewed though as well, because I think like it's a political thing, which I don't really want to like get involved with, but like, but so they are at war. Yeah. So, but I'm saying that the political piece of it is like, I think that's very gray. It's very difficult to say what's right and what's wrong, oh, and maybe and maybe it's not. But that's what it seems like to me. But I'm already biased because I also think that the the Russian team is should be banned for a whole lot of other reasons as well. So look, I mean, so if you look at it, so he has the IOC's official position. So despite offering a workable pathway forward with the IOC's value based recommendations we are still confronted with two irreconcilable positions. The Russian side wants the IOC to ignore the war, and the Ukrainian side wants the IOC to totally isolate anyone with a Russian and Belarusian passport. Both positions are diametrically opposite to the IOC's mission and the Olympic Charter, which 
Makes a lot of sense. And then it doesn't though, James. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because for me, the Olympic charge is about like celebrating the world of sports and celebrating the world coming together to represent and battle each other in sport, not in a real battle. And they and everyone else is taking a stance against Russia for this. And now they are like, okay, well... Well, I mean, that's the thing here. Is 193 countries have voted on this at the United Nations with 120 supporting athletes competing. Oh, so it's all of us that chose to let them race. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, South Africa's... Uh, position in this is also quite awkward <laughs> but um it's obviously quite a gray area and you know i do also feel for the ioc for having to be somehow in the middle of this um, yes i i also i mean it i don't know how you can compete like that with everything going on i mean it's yes for those athletes as well it's going to be no, no, incredibly it's, it's, difficult. It's really difficult, and as and I said, for the U- and, I, and of I course for the Ukrainians as well. I mean, this has yes. been going on for what nearly two years now. Yeah, it's but as I said, like I think I'm also just kind of biased because I also don't trust the Russians. So there's been a lot uh, over the years. I suppose. Yeah, so I think it's it's multiple levels for me. But anyway, let's go on because I want to talk about the cool race. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought the notes said that we were going to talk about the weather next, but I guess that's uh <laughs> the weather. Well, there was supposed to be really bad racing today. Um, but it's all some slow times. Yeah. So I think I we, think it was okay. yeah, we still got some, you know, we still got good racing oh, coming down the track. That two, uh, a week ago, it was 36 degrees. Celsius, that's ninety-seven degrees Fahrenheit. That's very hot to race in. Yeah, I think it was really, really hot. But James, let's get back to racing and get back to to chatting about the the upcoming racing and the racing that we're really going to look forward to down the the course today. And I think I'm going to call Rog in because he is been on the show a few times and he has always added so much value. And he's currently in Serbia. He's helping out with. Um, the Swedish team because good friends with uh, Marco Gaglioni who's coaching there now and then he's also doing a, f- a bit with some of the development countries and you know just helping helping them out and I think he's enjoying being there and not being completely focused on you know one team and just having a little bit of freedom so I'm going to call him in and we will see what he has to say cool Raj hey how's it how you doing Good and you. Good, good. You got me and James. Yeah, we've been chatting a little bit about the the racing. How's it, Raj? Hey, James. How are you going? Good and you. So the first thing I want to ask then is what what is happening with the weather there? Because we saw today they adjusted some of the racing to you know four minute intervals. Uh, they said for rough weather, but it didn't look that bad on the video. So. From outside, the regatta looks really slick and it's awesome to have video um, from day one. But you there and can you on the ground there? So what is it like at the venue? So yesterday, the water conditions were amazing. Uh, I think the water must be about 26, 28 degrees. So really warm. Mm. And um, I think that's what made such quick times on Sunday. And it had, I, I can't say it was a proper tailwind. It was more cross tail. But, you know, the times everyone was rolling on Sunday were just really good, especially the first 500 meters. That, that was probably the best part of the course. 
that it was warm. It was about 28 degrees, 30 degrees, and the water was really warm. So everyone was putting really good times on Sunday. On Sunday night, we got uh, issued with a, a weather warning saying that a big front, whenever it blows the opposite direction, being a headwind, that Serbia, um, Belgrade gets really bad weather. So we woke up this morning, it was windy, it had been raining, and um, that's where they decided to change some of the racing and make it shorter because this afternoon was supposed to be really windy and a massive storm, but neither neither appeared. Okay. It was a lot colder today, but um, that, that was about it. And I think the rest of the week looks good. I think it's going to change to a headwind, which it was today, but even in the headwind conditions, times are pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, because it didn't look... Like when you're looking at the times, it doesn't look. Oh, this is very slow, or you know, thing. You know, the four still rowing uh, close to six minutes, and you know, no one's like, it's not. They're not hacking it yet. No, no. Look, it's it's a it's a mild headwind, but the water is so hot that it's if they have a tailwind, some records should go because it's a really quick course. Yeah, flip. That'll be awesome if we get a a world record or two. That'll be. That'll make the regatta <laughs> quite something. Then, yeah, um, yeah, especially in that women's and men's double because those two events are those, those two events are crazy. It's 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 just ridiculous the standard in those two events currently. Yeah, we were just discussing James's uh, data and his predictions for the qualification spots and how tight the doubles are. And actually, all four doubles, the men's, women's double, and the lighty women's and men's double. So I think we're up for some some really cracking races in the in the doubles. And those have definitely been our kind of uh, earmarked crews and races to watch because the doubles are just producing, you know, every single regatta good racing. Yeah, I, I almost think the men's heavy double has become more competitive than the men's lightweight double just because it's such a blanket over... You know, the quarterfinals on Wednesday for the men's double is, is crazy. It's just there are four crews in each quarter that could all go through, um, which just shows the depth of the heavyweight men's double currently. Yeah. You know, the lightweight men's double you saw yesterday, there was quite a spread of times, you know, up to six, up to 10 seconds of guys qualifying through, and you don't see that in the heavy men's double as much. I think the heavy men's double, like what we were discussing earlier, uh, you know, a few months ago and like the, the second or third uh, World Cup was that there's so many like big names from countries that have put their, their crews into the, the double. So like a lot of the kind of top athletes that we know from other events are, have ended up in the double racing against each other, which has made the racing incredibly tight and like the standard very, very high. And I mean, it's completely unknown, kind of. It's really hard to guess who's going to win the win the double this year. Do you think the Croatians will take it, Rog? No, look, I, I still think the Dutch will take it quite comfortably because they definitely stand our crew, um, that Dutch heavy men's double. And I was speaking to their coach and, I mean, they just they just have had the perfect season and everything's just clicking really well. And that, that you can see, you know, they rode a 608 in the heat, you know, the next double, fastest double, 611, which is a big gap in the double field behind them. And they looked so comfortable in that heat. They were cruising. Um, but amazingly how the British didn't make it. Um, and they didn't get through today in the rest. So the British are, are basically not even in the quarters. 
Yes, yeah. I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, looking at that uh, heat, number four, it was really spicy because you've got the USA, who kind of a bit of a dark horse. They have had one big race earlier on in the season. Then the Irish, also really quality crew. And then the French, only taking the third spot there. But the French, remember, have had a crew change. They're one athlete injured. So on Frey, I think he was in the Coxes 4. They've yes. moved him into the French. So the French, I think, are vulnerable, and they've got a tough quarter on Wednesday. It's the French, the Chinese, um, the Croatians, the Serbians, and the, the Swedish in one quarterfinal, which will be a humdinger. Okay. And I mean, I definitely think from the, the repertoire charges will be like heating up a little bit. And then I think when it comes to semifinals, it's going to be ridiculous. From semifinals, going to be all out. Yeah, look, even quarterfinals. So most of the refs are, the refs on the fours will be on Wednesday, but all the refs for the pairs, doubles um, have been done. And now we're into quarterfinals, which start separating those Olympic dreams. Yeah. I mean, I think also there, you've just got a lot of quality crews further down the list that, you know, so the French, sure, but um, the Spanish are also there. You've got the Irish who are quite quick What's early on in the, in the cycle, in the men's double, yeah. Yeah, the Irish are top so crew though. I think that they're, um, they're going to be great. And then the Romanians. So tough, uh, a tough event for Jake, actually. Yeah. Oh, Jake's gonna he's he's got his work cut out for him, I'm afraid. He's gotta he's gonna have to pull pull a bit harder in the in the next um in the quarterfinals to to even have a chance. But um Rog, looking at the racing that's coming down the track, what do you think what is the so you saying the doubles your your top race? What are the other races that you're really looking forward to see? Um Oh, the men's skull, obviously, that's always a humdinger. And, uh, you know, if it blows lightweight, I mean, sorry, if it blows tailwind, um, the Greek skuller is, is going to have it his way because he was really impressive in the heat and he's just looking really good. He's lean. He definitely looks, his arms look like a heavyweight now these days, but he he just looks impressive. Um, we obviously know Ollie's in good form and the Dutch skuller. I think it's between those, those three from, but if it's a headwind, then it changes slightly with the Greek. But the Dutch fellow, he's, he's really good. I mean, he's a bit of a surprise because I don't know if he's entered into the single Who? Uh, Van Dorp. Uh, Has he done much in the single up till now? I know he's a beast on the ergo. Yeah, you know, he had a good some good racing earlier on in the season. And then oh, it'll be spicy if Ntuskos wins in the in the single again. Jeez. I mean, he's impressed me so much on the back of the I Olympics. Think Ollie will I, think, I think everyone <laughs> thought, okay, well, you know, crazy conditions and this guy came from nowhere. Maybe it's a bit of a once-off. But since then, I felt that he's just gotten better and better and better. And uh, it's not going to Well, go he hasn't won again. But look, I'm just saying he's... Yeah, he is, he is consistent. On his day, he could easily... But he needs the tailwind, though. He definitely needs the tail to to box against I, Oli. I, I think Oli is not letting it go that way. He, you, the way it looks is he's just he's going to win and... He, he wants to win and he can't, like, he won't be stopped at this yeah. point. He's going to be upset if he doesn't. Then. You look, the Dutch, the Dutch color, you know, he's probably the most all round color in that field. You know, Oli likes the headwind or flat water. I think the Dutch color is probably the best. And the New Zealand color was also really good in the heat. So 
you know, both those two, you know, rowing 640 is no, is not, not a slow time in, in heavyweight main singles. And everyone was about sort of 44. So it, it yeah, those are definitely the top runners. And you don't but, think, um, and you don't think Sferi Nielsen will do anything going forward? Uh, he, he, uh, for me, he looked a bit heavier in the boat. Um, you know, he was just fighting off the, the Swedish color. Um, you know, they, they had quite a slow heat, but yeah, look, it's whether he's holding back from cards, it's a long week. Let's see where in the quarterfinal, he'll have to bring out something because those quarterfinals will be intense. Okay. And then there's quite a few like Russian and, um, uh, Belarusian athletes racing for like the, the kind of neutral colors. What is there any kind of feeling towards them in the, at the race course there? Are we keeping the show political or non-political? <laughs> Roger, just want the we want your honest opinion. Um, <laughs> no, look, I, I think look, it's not easy. Uh, World Rowing came out with a statement that said that um, any of the they called AIN crews that qualify, their positions are held up, but not confirmed until the IOC comes out with a confirmation of them, which. I think rattled quite a lot of countries because there's obviously a good scholar, um, AIN2. I think that's better Russia, but we don't know always with AIN1 or 2 whether it's better Russia or Russia um, nice. with those names. But if, if, you know, if they qualify, it still doesn't mean the boat that another country that comes behind them hasn't qualified because they've still got to confirm with the IOC whether they're going to allow better Russia and Russia qualifying spots for the Olympics. Yes. I think we heard Deb Co with athletics. He said, "No one can come. No, no Russian or Belarusian can qualify for the Olympics." As if it needed to be more stressful at the at the if qualification. You're not sure if you've qualified or not, <laughs> and you've come tenth or ninth. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I, I think the only boats they're really doing well is is in the single. Yeah. In the double, they weren't great, and they can only obviously be in small boats. Yeah. No, exactly. Okay, and then the. Um, and then women's single, Rog, what is your, I saw, so Emma Twiggs looking pretty good, but I still think that, um, you know, Australia and Netherlands just can anyone, yeah, Carolyn, Florine, definitely looking a little bit untouchable at this point. Yeah, look, the Serbian in her race in the, the Netherlands goal, she pushed her really well to the 1200. Um, it's, I think we should have another conversation after the quarters because it's almost, I think the quarters, people are going to have to show their cards because th- th- there's just such good depth this year. So I think we'll understand a whole lot more. But she's the, the Dutch girl is definitely the favorite going in. But, you know, talking to the USA and um, Cola in, in the single, her coach really reckons she's going really well. And that's one of their top boats. So, you know, when Josie says that's a good boat, he's not often wrong. So there are a few good boats there to, to call it yet. And, then, and I, I did back the Lithuanian a few weeks ago, so I still think she's in with a good shot. Yeah, I mean, I I just think especially in the single, it's not enough. The heats are not enough to go on to make big calls on the the positions because people no. play a lot of games with their positions in the in in the in the in the early rounds in the single. But what do you think it is that like? Because I always feel that this regatta is like a significant step up on any of the other regattas? And do you think it's just because of like those qualification spots? So like, you know, maybe at other regattas, people are not that stressed if they come 
seventh or eighth or you know tenth or eleventh or twelfth. Whereas this regatta, it's so big to get those positions. But like, it feels like way the standard is way higher at the qualification regatta than any of the other regattas throughout the the cycle. Or do you agree with me? On, and why do you think that? Like, where do you think that's coming from? Look, the single skull is is obviously the most brutal event because it's got uh, what fifty entries. I think they're down to an I final, and there are only nine qualifying spots. And you have to be the heat. There's some feeling, so I guess your first race can be pretty straightforward. But you've got a long week, and it's not like if you've just got a weekend of racing with the World Cup. You know, you've got to be on form from Sunday all the way through to Saturday. Um, and as soon as you drop your guard, you you probably get beaten. Um, besides the heat so I think there's a lot more pressure for all the single scholars this week where they've got to be on top form at all times they've got to get their peaking right and the qualification is just so brutal and then yeah I mean I think you you bang on it's just the depth is is there and there's just so many people competing for these these qualification spots and it really shows you what the Olympics means I always feel like this is such a good regatta to realise how big the Olympics is and how how much people put into to getting those qualification spots. But then on the other end of the spectrum, the eights, they definitely seem like they've taken a bit of a hit this cycle. It feels like a lot of countries have taken their focus away from the eight to, you know, put it in the bigger, into the smaller boat classes. And I feel like there's, there's quite a few, the eight just doesn't have the kind of same pizzazz that it has had in previous uh, cycles. But Maybe that's just because we haven't seen them come down the track yet. Yeah, I think, look, it's sad with the German eight. I think this has always been such a priority boat and in, and it's been a, a world name for everyone. So if the Germans aren't firing, I guess we think it's, it's not an event anymore. I, I think it's just perception. But, you know, the, the Dutch are really looking good in the eight. I think they're going to mix things up with the Aussies and the British. Um, the British... You know, I don't know if they're going to have it all their own way this time, but, you know, for me, the eight's still the biggest, biggest boat class to come down. And the heat tomorrow, first two through, Romanians will be good. Um, as I said, I mentioned the Dutch, they've, they've really worked a lot on that eight. And the whole Dutch squad's going well. So there's no reason why they won't be fast. And then you've got the Aussies and the British. Um, I don't know if Canada, USA, they're prioritizing the smaller boats. So uh, it'd be interesting what the USA can do. And they've got a, a, a university coach. I think the Yale coach is coaching them. Currently, I, I just think it's did like, you see even sorry, yeah. Dean Clark put a tweet out. Um, someone was telling me at dinner just now. Dean Clark, you know him, Lawrence. We raced him in the four. He um, he's in the British in the American eight, and he put a tweet said, "We're coming for you, GB." But um, <laughs> I think about two hours later, the tweet got deleted, which is probably a good thing. Oh, Rowing really uh, needs more of that. Yeah, though. I like a little bit of spice. I think he should have committed to it, left it out. If <laughs> you if you if you're happy to post it, then you you should be committed to to putting it up. But I also I think the reason that the eight doesn't have the hype that we have for the other events is that the eight was very weak at the earlier yeah. uh, at the World Cups this year because I think a lot of the big countries are, you know, they weren't there really. So and they had no one to race. I mean, the number of times there were not there were exhibition races, not heats. Yes, was so I think that the eight will be a bit of an undercover big race this this regatta. But yo, Rog, that's yeah, spicy look, from King Clark. <coughs> I wonder what, <laughs> yeah, what possessed him to say that right at the, before the week. Like, let's poke the bear. 
they were talking about this uh, about uh, the, in the rugby teams that they should put um, lie detectors on the coaches before the rugby games so that <laughs> you can't if, if someone asks you like oh how's it gonna go for you and you're like oh no the other team's so good it will be a very close game it should beep <laughs> you're lying <laughs> nice yeah um so definitely cool rog well i i know you're busy that side and you've got lots to do so i won't keep you is there anything else you want to you want to chat about uh anything else that's caught your eye um, look, the Dutch team in general, I think, is catching a lot of eye um, in the women and the men, um, especially the women. I mean, they've just been – Canada – yeah, they've, the Dutch have just been really good. And um, I don't know if that was just the first day outing, but across the board, they've been pretty impressive. And then the Romanians. You know, the Romanians have got every boat class here. Um, and I think they've got two – I haven't seen yet a slow Romanian boat. And the, the rowing is not great, but these these athletes just look – like they've all come from concentration camps. They've just been <laughs> brutally training. They all lean, mean. Yeah, re- I mean, really, they they probably that the sort of standout looking athletes in the boat park where they're just unbelievably ripped. Um, so it'll be interesting how they end up later in the week. Oh, that's awesome. No, I think the the Dutch, but the Dutch have had a brilliant season though, actually, or even a good cycle. cycle I would yeah. say they've they've managed to like. They've always had their like good results, and now I feel like they're managing to like string them more together and have a bit more consistency between their their good boats and and that depth kind of uh, growing there. So that I'm interested to see them. I'm really interested to see the um, the USA team because they seem like they've focused a bit more on the smaller boats, and I want to see how they do. And then, and I also want to see like New Zealand seem very quiet. So I wonder if they're going to have any crews that um, that perform quite well. So New Zealand only seemed to have Emma um, and the men's skull. The men's four wasn't too bad today, but I don't know if they'll be in an A final. But the rest of the New Zealand boats are, and I think their structures changed. You know, talking to the coaches today and yesterday, it's, it's quite a. There seems to be quite a structural change on. You know, they used to have that ruthless system where you were there all the time, training camps and all that. But there seems to be a bit of leeway on that system. The other interesting team, Lawrence, is Germany. So Germany's only had Ollie and the other woman, the women single. And did you see the men's double? They suddenly some back to form for for Germany on the men's side, on the yeah. double side. Yeah, I see them coming second there, uh, just behind Romania. Yeah, that was a really ahead of Spain is quite big. Yes, yeah, I mean to be that was an unbelievable heat. And uh, for Germany, and Germany led that race most of the way. Jeez, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good. Uh, the double for me is the race to watch. If you're gonna watch one race throughout the whole week, um, the double yeah. is is for sure the the big one too. The men's double is gonna be it's gonna be so tight, and I think it's gonna be the one in the especially in the quarterfinal where like big names are gonna be going home first. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just lastly, the, the pairs definitely, I don't know why, but the, those two boats classes just seem to be a bit of the rest of the, the standards. Um, the women's pair, uh, you know, they're good, but they're not knocking the lights out. And there's no unbelievable Kiwi pair leading the charge in the women's side. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Chile won the one heat today, beating USA, Greece, Germany, and France. And, you know, Chile's winning a women's pairs heat. I mean, they're, they're, those twins have really come come on well, but it's quite coming. Yeah, because they just missed qualification last Olympic cycle. 
they came 12th in, yeah. 20, in 2019, I remember. So, yeah, yeah. but they, I mean, that's what James's data is showing, though, that the, the gaps in the pair are quite big and, you know, that no one, there's no one really disrupting the, the field that much uh, in those bow classes, whereas in some of the other bow classes, you know, to row, you know, to, to row one in one of those top positions is, you know, is hard to hold. You can't, like in the pair, the same people are finishing, you know, first, second, third in most of the races. It's very repetitive, whereas in the more competitive boat classes, it's different people winning. And as soon as you one millisecond off your, off your game, you, you're not in the, in the final. Yeah, exactly. But then again, the men's pair quarterfinals, all of those will be great races. And, you know, on James's sheet, some good names there that were looking to qualify are going to struggle to qualify through the quarters. No, for sure. Well, it's definitely gearing up to be an absolute banger of a week. Um, and I cannot wait to to watch it all. I'm so glad that there's video for all of it. Oh, semi-finals day, that last position. And I'm, I'm sure you as a Roadshow host, what is the qualification in the men's four at, on the B-final at the moment, Lawrence? <laughs> wait, let me... Top, uh, top seven. Yeah, the, the last in the, the last spot. Shit, Rog. So I never knew that. I couldn't believe it. it used to be top eight. And then because the IOC took a whole lot of um, athlete places away. So we, were, we in the Olympics, we were two, eight, 518 athletes. And they've dropped us to 500 and I think two now. So World Rowing took out the men's quad. Women's quad and men's four and women's four. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, with four crews it's, of 16 athletes. Top seven. Yeah, unbelievable. It's winner takes all in the B final. Unbelievable. It's winner takes all, which I'm trying to think who it's going to be. It's going to be. Well, well Romania you, missed whatever, the. Whatever Romania you, missed the AB you semi. You're going to be wrong. <laughs> no, because Romania missed the AB semi. So out of the crews that went straight from the. From the heat to the AB semi, USA, Australia, GB France, Netherlands, New Zealand, and Romania missing out. So that puts them kind of on the heat. Yeah, in the heat. Men's quad or women's quad? No, men's four. Romania missed out. So men's four, yes. So I think that they're going to. It's it's between those seven crews, though, to see who can. (laughs) You <laughs> can take that last spot. I mean, Ukraine had a decent row. Poland had an okay row. Um, but, you know, the others, Germany, Italy, Swiss, I don't think they have a chance. No. So, no. Look, it's definitely U- Ukraine. There. Yeah, definitely. Ukraine had a great row. And I think France has picked up a lot um, under Jürgen. So, it's definitely... I think the A final is set with Netherlands, New Zealand, Great Britain, France, Australia, USA, and then it's it's just who's gonna it's gonna be Romania, Ukrainian, Polish, and the Italian four has got these young guys. I think they'll step up a little bit more, and you never doubt those Italians. Yeah, no. So so AB semi is gonna be it's, again. It's like and and I think we will go for that. James made an interesting point because so now you're in the AB semi and you're Romania. It's going to be much easier to, if you are the seventh fastest crew, it's easier to give all your horns to try and get into the AB 
to get into the A final and do your qualification in the semi than to go into the B final and race for one spot. So, but there will be crews uh, who don't go for it. There'll be crews who tap down after 500 meters or a thousand I know, but it's like more like nine and 10th position. And then that yeah, bunches them be up because someone the, is going to miss out in the B in final, the, in the A final. So, yeah, no, it's going to be good, Rog. It's going to be good. I'm getting no, it is going to be good. To about it. But yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing for my position just seeing how much stress. I don't know. We spoke about it earlier, but you know, I used to be one of these stress coaches, and you never wear you all everyone's stressed. But my goodness, it's it's these it's like possessed people walking a whole lot of zombies in one boat park, um, all just on a obscene mission, um, and it's quite something to see. So but you, I feel, you know, the stress doesn't look good on anyone's health currently. <laughs> you said that there's a lot of boats getting washed in the boat park. Is that the... Well, is that... So actually talk us through a little bit, because obviously when you're an athlete, it's incredibly stressful. You you know, you, you're so nervous, but you're in control of your fate though. You you know what you're going to go do there. You, I always find I'm like, I'm more scared of what I have to do to myself on the water that's what makes me nervous for the race, not necessarily the race. Whereas as a coach, you're not in control of that piece of it. So w- tell us a bit about what it's like and then how do you deal with the nerves when the nerves are getting really, really big for, for these kind of races? Look, I think it's, there's a lot of boat washing that happens and whether this is a good thing or bad thing, it's, it's really just to pass time when you're at the water. But I've seen it this year and maybe I'm just more aware that it's been taken to a new level. You know, coaches are taking the whole pin apart and dismantling footballs and cleaning a tiny bit of grease under one corner. I mean, it it seems it's gone a whole lot further. But you know, on the flip side, you see a lot of coaches going for runs, doing training. They're bashing out the, the ergos and the bikes and lifting weights. And I think that that's the healthy side of it all. Um, so... It's, I guess everyone's just got a different way of dealing with it. I think some coaches are coaching more than one crew, which is also good. So they've got more time to be working and, and doing stuff. But this whole week is a waiting game. And we're in a small city, not great transport, not a lot to see. So I think it's just it's, it's just tough on everyone, given the circumstances and the intensity of the regatta. Yeah. You just made me nervous. Yeah, no, I'm feeling so anxious <laughs> just talking about all these qualifications, but oh, it's gonna be so brutal. And yeah, I think from our side, we're really hoping Johnny can can pull something off there. But yeah, the South African team looking like they're having a, a tough week for sure. Yeah, look, John and Chris, you know, watching their race, I cycled down with it. You know, they were really good, and I think. They, the one thing with John and Chris, well, the one thing with Chris is he's a really good stroke and he's so tall, he's got such good length, natural length in the boat. So his leg drive and how he pushes the boat is accurate. And, and John, you know, you've rode with him a lot. He's so good on, in the bow seat. And I think he's, he's driving the boat exactly well with Chris. They're not the strongest pair out there, but, you know, give them a tailwind in flat conditions. I think they, they definitely can qualify. I think that's definitely the favorite boat. And they had a crack of heat. Um, they were hanging on a little bit towards the end, but, you know, they were holding off Germany and Poland, and I don't think there was too much stress. And I think the next the, the next quarter, I think they've got to beat, um, um, I can't remember quite off now, but it, it wasn't too bad. So I think they can get through. But in the final, you know, the wind might change a bit, and then they could be under a bit of pressure. But they've definitely got a good shot for us um, currently. They, yeah. They're definitely the favourites to, 
to get this across the line. And I, and I think that and they're rowing well, which and, is nice to see. And Johnny brings to to the party that like he knows that that quarterfinal is like absolutely crucial, and he will be like ready to, you know, do what's needed in the quarter. Because once he's in the AB semi, then he has a, a real, real shot. You know, as soon as you, as soon as you start thinking about that AB semi or the, you know, that B final before you have got to it, then that's when you, you're in trouble. And I think Johnny will manage those expectations quite well. So yeah. Anyway, we'll hold so your thumbs for him. Hopefully, he does it. It'll be interesting on your row show. How many athletes have qualified for the Olympics more than four times? Because so Johnny at the moment is qualified for both for the Olympics. Lightweight men's four, lightweight men's double, men's pair, and men's four. And now this is his fifth shot. Now, how many in the athletes have, you know, besides the British legacy of of athletes and a few Romanians, but that's a hang of a a feat. Yeah, I think think some of the, like, top, top athletes will have done, you know, uh, uh, quite a few, but, like, there's not that many of those top, top athletes. So I think you're right. I think that there's not many people that are going to have done four. I mean, there's not many people you know, that Red have Graves done four Olympics. Yeah, and Johnny, well, so Johnny's, but, you Johnny's know, done he's, three. he's managed to get two and one because of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But he's done three Olympics, so there's not many athletes that have been to the Games yeah. that many times. No. So it'll be interesting which of those top athletes qualified two boats in the same year. I think, I think Kim Crow, I worked out because Kim Crow back in London, she qualified the women's double. And then qualif- and she was going really well on the single, then qualified the single, and then Australia let her double up. And I think she won a silver and a bronze or two silvers. No, you're 100% right there. Um, Kim Crow in the same year did um, did double up and qualified both, which was obviously quite impressive. But, I mean, I think John, yeah. obviously, you know, rowing across no. lightweight and heavyweights as well. There's not too many people who've done, done a lot of that as well. So definitely a no. all-round world-class class athletes that actually bitter though but because she we went into the she had an injury in her double raced the single as like a backup and then wasn't really sure if she was going to make it back if the her partner was going to make it back in the double so she committed to the single but then really wanted to row the double when her partner did come back well and then had to row both and i think she could have got a gold medal if she didn't double up but she has two yeah, Olympic no. medals from London, so it's not too bad. Not too shabby on a day's no, work, not, eh? not the worst athlete ever, definitely not. So, anyway, I think that's that's good from us, Rog, and we'll let you get back to the racing, and hopefully we can chat with you later in the week. We'll do kind of a highlights reel before the finals, I think after the semis, because we've got so many good races um, coming up. You know, Wednesday's brilliant Tuesday tomorrow we got the eights, but I don't. There's not like a huge, huge amount of racing there. Like important race, or it's all important. But I think Wednesday is going to be a massive day. Thursday, Friday is going to ramp up uh, significantly, and then you got finals on on Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah, and did you did you see we've already got people going to the Olympics after today's races? Um, is that from the para rowing? <laughs> yeah, the para fours. So <laughs> the para fours had um, the the first two went through, and they have six boats qualifying for so the first two in each heat. So I thought there was quite a lot of celebration on the banks there. I thought Lawrence was going to 
talk about the quads because he never talks about the quads on the row show. Well, the quads are just slightly <laughs> up on para rowing for me. <laughs> okay, that's gonna that's gonna uh, cause some <laughs> uh, cause some problems on uh, social media. That's no. good controversy. I like it. Yeah, more. <laughs> I might edit that out. <laughs> I think you might be editing a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Raj, thanks so much. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. It's always a pleasure to to have you on the show. And we'll chat to you awesome soon. To be there. Let us know how things are going. For sure. Have a good week. Will do. Some epic racing coming. Awesome. Thanks, Raj. Cheers, Raj. Okay. Cheers, Lauren. Cheers, James. Bye. Ciao. Cool. So that's a that's a, was a wrap from Raj. And, oh, man, he's so awesome to have on the show. I think he... For me, he's one of the people that has the most outrageous rowing knowledge. And like the detail he knows is just, you know, when he knows who's doing what to the 1,000 and that sort of yeah. thing really takes it so seriously. And I like having him on the show because he's very different. Like Martin Cross knows each athlete yes. extremely well and he knows the history and he knows who they're coached by and like that kind of broader knowledge that I think you only can only get as a commentator and only watching these athletes race again and again and again and like really paying attention to each athlete coming down the track. Um, but then Roger has this like slightly different knowledge on like boat speed and, you know, he can see crews and he can know, okay, these crews are performing well because they've done X and Y and Z down the track. Yeah. And he, he's like, he put, he's putting like the, I feel like he's putting a puzzle together on the info that's coming off the, the the numbers and what he's seeing from the rowing down the, the course. So, I don't know, it's very awesome. Uh, it's very interesting always to have these guys with so much knowledge, so much experience in the rowing community uh, on the show. It's, I, I appreciate it a lot. And I think our guests and our listeners, I'm sure, must appreciate it quite a lot. Let's get them uh, both on the same episode. Yeah, maybe on Thursday. And you just sit back and... Thursday or Friday, I'll get them let both them go. In. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that'll be good, actually. I'll just surprise them both. Hey, Martin, this is Rog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do know each other, so I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, really, really good though. It sounds, it sounds hectic there. That whole piece on the coaches. Uh, getting stressed. I was getting stressed Shit. talking about My all neck that. is getting into <laughs> like a little twinging spasm here. And a coughing fit halfway through. PTSD after, yeah. um, after your own qualification experience. <laughs> Shit, dude. Let me tell you how hard qualification has been for me. So in 2012, I raced with Sean. And 2011. No, 2011, well. I raced with Ramon. And it was such an awesome season. We had we had the an best Olympic, time. A former Olympic medalist. And yeah, I mean, Ramon De Clemente had a bronze medal at the 2004 Olympic Games. And, you know, he was a three-time Olympian. Olympian. And... He and we had such a cool season. I learned so much. I was only 21. I wasn't even 21 at the I was still 20 when I raced there. And like it was it was just so I think I just wasn't that little bit prepared for like how brutal those quarterfinals were gonna be. Um, because that's where we missed it out. Like I was expecting that racing to come a little bit later, like it usually does, you know. And then we just kind of Missed that one. So, I mean, already tough. Then me and Sean got in the pair. We were so bloody good as well. Like, from day one, well, like, we, me and Sean just, like, got, our boat just moved nicely straight away. So, I'm not saying that we were super fast. I'm just saying that, like, it felt good all the time. And, like, I had a lot of belief. 
Like we're so close the year before, we should now get it. And then late qualification is just absolute pits. Don't want to race that ever. And we missed that. Then 2015, I came back from uh, my chemo and then I raced in the in the four. And that was a kind of mismatched crew. We didn't really expect to qualify, but we actually should have. I think we were fast enough that year to do it, but we didn't like almost believe that we could do it. So we missed there. So out of the first three times I tried to qualify for the games, I missed all of them. Only in for the uh, Tokyo Games, me and Johnny qualified in 2019, and then we qualified the four at 2021. No, it really just seems to take a step up. And I mean, you're going to see this this week. They are going to be heartbroken, good crews. Yeah. Crews who've won medals, won world champs, won world cups. And Roger's right. It's going to be in the quarterfinal. Even there's going to be crews. We're going to start seeing it from what? From tomorrow, the next day. That's. No, it's, it's ridiculous. I think the, the the singles and then the pairs and doubles are going to be big in the quarterfinals because there's so many crews, and especially the pairs and the doubles, it's 11 crews. Yeah. So the people that are like on that fringe of like coming at the back of the B final or the top of the C final, those people that miss out there, it's yes. going to feel very real. You know, like it's only one position. Yeah, and you're going to you know, you qualify for that AB semi and, you know, obviously you have the last thing to do, but you're pretty much there with the top 11. Yeah. And you just need to, you know, take it home. And if you finish 11th or, I mean, if you finish 12th or 13th, like if you cut winning the C final, coming second in the C final, you're definitely going to feel like you messed up the week yes. to, that you should have qualified, which is exactly how I feel about 2015. Yeah. Because we finished uh, 13th and like, only when we did that was I like, oh my god, we really should have qualified. Like, what? Did we, what? Mis- like, we made a mistake. It wasn't like, oh, we weren't fast enough. The um, the so I think that's going to be huge. The the fact that there's going to be awesome racing in the quarterfinals. I mean, I just love qualification. Yeah, but I just. I mean, you can see they, they, they're cutting down crews, but every time I watch rowing, I think that this is an awesome sport and I really enjoy it. And I think that anyone can watch these races and think and enjoy it and get something out of it. And it is entertaining. But and that's what upsets me about the presentation of the sport. I know, but because now they're just videoing it and it's awesome. And you're videoing races that you wouldn't normally care about. I know. When was the last time you watched heats and were like, I mean, obviously you did when you were rowing, but like, Yes, I haven't watched a heat at a World Cup in God knows how long since probably Charles was racing or you were racing. Yeah, and even then, I probably confess I didn't watch them. <laughs> and you know, now you just like put put them on, see a couple of races. And it's just amazing, and it's a great sport. And it's I, I don't think it needs a lot to you know to start really drawing in people to watch it. And I think you you, you no one's going to watch it if it's not there to watch. Yeah. So, well done to Wardrowing for actually just putting it out there. Yeah. And I think, everyone, go and enjoy the racing this week. And we'll catch you later. If you want some more data, I know we've spoken about a bit about it. But if you want it, it's on the Patreon. Uh, that's the best place to get access to it. Patreon Gold, you get access to the full data set. And you can go and play around and look at your own results. And then on uh, the Silver, you get kind of uh, summary pages and 
cool information that we've spent time pulling off the the data set to to give to you guys. So yeah, um, go support us, and we'll catch you later after the semifinals. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Jimmy, for joining. You've been awesome. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. In a women's single and a women's double. You're you're okay there. (laughs)